0: that time, the Sports Talker, here's T.J. Walker.
1: Everybody, welcome to a Monday edition of Sports Talker here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. Glad to be back after a nice weekend. Had my, as I talked about several times during last week, had my fantasy draft. Uh, I promise you we're going to talk plenty about that. I'm going to talk about my team because I like to get some input back on uh, to see how, how I did. But most important news today, coming from the Kentucky football team, Patrick Toll's named the starter for the Kentucky Wildcats week one game. This shouldn't necessarily come as a surprise to anybody that's kind of been following Kentucky football the last few weeks. I had mentioned on the show that it seemed that it was down to Patrick Toll's and Reese Phillips. Again, I, I can't confirm if that was accurate or not, but obviously anybody you talked to Patrick Tolles was in the discussion. And whether it was Patrick Tolles and Drew Barker, Patrick Tolles and Reese Phillips, all three of them neck and neck, you always knew from the get-go that Patrick Toll's was in the conversation. Now, as I say, that this doesn't come as a surprise for anybody that's been following along the last few weeks, I do think it's a bit of a surprise if you go back to the spring and even if you go back to last season. My initial uh, guess if you go back to the end of last season, I would have said that Jalen Whitlow would have been the starting quarterback heading into 2014. Not because he looked great in 2013, but I thought he was UK's best option. And Sure enough, he transferred and I think partially he transferred because he knew that he he likely was not going to be the starter. So uh, Then in the fall, it was really a it was a jumbled situation. Either you're going to go, you really couldn't go with Maxwell Smith because of the injury and his recovery. And it seems like he's still a little ways away. So you're going to have to go with somebody that didn't play quarterback for Kentucky last season, whether that was Reese Phillips Drew Barker, the freshman, or Patrick Tolls, who played his freshman season back in 2012, but redshirted last year. So you could make a case for everyone. You could poke holes in all of them. You could probably pour, poke more holes than you could make a case for these guys. But at the end of the day, the coaches felt most comfortable with Patrick Tolls. And I have been saying all along they needed to name a starter. They needed to name a starter. Don't necessarily have to name the guy that, uh, is killing the competition, but maybe just three weeks ago, two weeks ago, name the guy that was ahead. Because I feel that it is very important for Kentucky's offense to get some momentum, to get some rhythm, uh, to get comfortable with one another. Weeks before the season started, you saw last last year when they didn't name the starter until the first game. They didn't name the starter until you saw whoever ran out on the field and was the first guy to be under center, and, and that was Maxwell Smith last season. I feel that's just never never a good situation for an offense. Yes, it might throw a defense, the opposing defense, off for the first few series and, and make them have to prepare for two guys. But in terms of being comfortable, it's never a good idea for the offense. So uh, I think it's a big step in the right direction for Kentucky to name Patrick Tolles the starter. We'll have to see how he does. And the coaches talked about him today but it seems like they're happy with the decision. Stoops is happy with the decision. Neil Brown is happy with the decision. And one thing they keep mentioning all of them, and this isn't a surprise. Anybody that's seen Patrick Toles knows how big of a guy he is, but they're using that to his advantage. It's talking about his size, his height, his weight, and how tough he is to bring down. Stoops even talked about how elusively fast he was. He didn't really seem to be a quick guy, but given an open space, he can tuck and run. So, uh, and there's no denying that he's always had a big arm and, and been able to throw the ball while accuracy has been an issue and whether or not you know he can manage an offense has been another issue. So that remains to be seen. We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Kentucky's had more open practices this year than any other year, so later in the second segment I will have my newest co-worker, Alex Forkner, who replaced Aaron Smith. He'll come on. He's watched some of the practices. We'll talk some football with him. Probably talk a little bit basketball, too. Kentucky's Bahama trip comes to a close, and it was a pretty disappointing finish, all things considered, for Kentucky, if you take into account the way they lost that game to the Dominican Republic. Again, overall, a great trip for UK. Overall, an eye-opening trip for any college basketball fan that got to watch them play. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind that Kentucky is one of the best teams in college basketball, if not the best team. I didn't necessarily need to see them play in the Bahamas, but just to see it in action against other teams, other very good teams, just shows how competitive this UK team is going to be going forward. How deep they are—you got to see some of the freshmen do a lot of good things. You got to see some of the sophomores and juniors take huge steps in the in the right direction. So, despite a very ugly finish to the trip yesterday, and don't get me wrong, playing six games in eight days. There that's there there will be no situation like that during the season. That's like playing two SEC tournaments in a week. That's not especially when they're maybe not in mid season form right now. They've of course they've been working out this summer, of course they've been playing this summer, but they're not the conditioning's probably not where it should be. And to play all that, it's understandable that they kind of slipped up late, but you still don't like when you have a game in your hands like that, you still don't want to see it. And we've got the cumulative stats from the Bahamas trip. so we're gonna talk more basketball. Later in the show, again, not to be a negative Nancy. All in all, a good trip, but just kind of a poor way to finish the game. John Robic was coaching that game. Maybe uh, he needs to. It's just stick to, to being one of the a bench coach. But anyways, we've got Trevor working the board today. Again, as you heard on Friday, the show kind of was off the tracks. Uh, I'm sure we'll probably get there eventually again today. Trevor, how are you?
0: I'm excellent, thank you, TJ.
1: Did you have a good weekend?
0: Uh, I did. Had not. It wasn't. It wasn't anything to complain about.
1: Good. Glad to hear it. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I had my big fantasy football draft, and let me kind of paint the scene for everybody.
0: How did we, you poop to bed this weekend? In that,
1: I, I I like my team. I really do. But let me paint the scene. We we do this. It's uh, This is the 10th year we've had this league together. I'm sure I've mentioned that before. And it's the same kind of group of friends. You know, some of us have moved other places, but we all get together for this weekend. We get a keg. The last four people in the league have to buy the keg. So if you finish in the top eight, you get a drink, free beer during the day. So we tell everybody to meet there at four. It's a keeper league, too. So we want to announce keepers and maybe have an hour or two so people can kind of do some last-minute cramming. Uh, drink beer, do play cornhole, do re- whatever you want. So we want people to get there early, announce their keepers and we were gonna wait to have the draft. So we everybody's there and uh, the keg is tapped and everybody's hanging out, having a good time. Uh, most people are, are drinking respo- responsibly. Uh, some not so much. they had gone to the Louisville scrimmage earlier in the day and um, needless to say, one of our friends couldn't make it to the draft till about seven. So we had to push it back, and there were a few people in our league that I'm not sure if they necessarily remember their picks on Sunday morning. Uh, Again, not me, and that's probably why I feel pretty good about my draft, but there was, I think, some people there, which was uh, great news for me. Uh, they it was hilarious to see they didn't make any terrible picks, but they maybe some uncharacteristic picks for them. Uh, maybe forgot how many wide receivers or running backs they had and continued to draft um, that same position. So it was kind of funny to see some of the reactions on Sunday to their team. But my team, I like. So Trevor, I'm gonna kind of give you a little. I'm, I'm gonna it, it, it's a PPR league, remember? So you, you want guys that can catch passes. They get a point for that. So uh, my two keepers were Marshawn Lynch and Wes Walker, not the best two keepers in the league, not the worst two keepers in the league, middle of the pack. Where'd you keep Uh, them
0: at though? What rounds did you, did you leave?
1: We don't do it. We don't do rounds. Oh, okay. It's just a pure keeper. It doesn't matter when you got them. You can have them forever. We voted on that this year and and the vote did not pass. So it's still just a true keeper league rounds. Doesn't matter. I had the sixth pick in the draft too. So Lynch and Welker were kept. My first pick, I really feel like there was five guys I really liked that I could have got in the first round, which is really the third round. But all the five of those guys were taken. So I ended up with Reggie Bush, who I like. I wish that he was kind of the only running back there and and Jackie Bell didn't get some of the carries. Uh, But I like Reggie Bush. And so that's who I went with. So as the draft goes on, Uh, I get T.Y. Hilton on the Colts. He's a great PPR wide receiver and an offense that throws a ton. Uh, Let me just read my starting lineup to you. If you want to ask where I got some of these guys, I waited very long for a quarterback because most of the good, all the good ones were kept. So at that point I just didn't feel it was worth the pick. Uh, So I got Tony Romo as my starting quarterback. T.Y. Hilton.
0: mistake already there, done.
1: I had, him, I had Tony Romo last year, and he really wasn't terrible, and they had an awful season. So you have to think if they have a better season. You're an Eagles fan, so this doesn't really count. But you have to think if Dallas has a better season, Tony Romo will have better fantasy numbers, and I'm perfectly okay with that. So, uh, uh, again, I, I know. I know Tony Romo is not a guy that's ever going to be a dominant quarterback in the NFL, but hopefully he can do enough for my fantasy team this year. So Tony Romo, T.Y. Hilton, Wes Welker, Marshawn Lynch, Reggie Bush, Greg Olson, tied in for Carolina, who they're, if they're going to throw the ball, they're going to have to throw it to somebody, and he's one of their better targets there. And then my flex position right now is Chris Johnson in New York, who I get that that's kind of risky, but again, this is a running back that put up huge numbers not long ago. And, and I really like my bench. I feel like my bench is where I'm going to set – I'm going I'm to kind of get ahead of some people. I got Sammy Watkins, who I think is, it could have a huge year as a rookie. I got Jarrett Boykin, who right now is the third wide receiver on Green Bay. Uh, God forbid for me, Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb gets hurt. But if they do, Jarrett Boykin is going to put up huge numbers and move in to be one of the main pass catchers on an offense that throws just as much as anybody else. I got Darren McFadden, not crazy about, but have him, why not? Uh, and then I I, I. I'm very happy about this one. Remember, it's a keeper league. So I went and I got Josh Gordon. I, I don't know, remember what round it was, maybe the eighth or the ninth. It was late in the draft. But I got Josh Gordon. I know that he's very unlikely to play in the first eight games of the year. Might not play at all. But again, it's a keeper league. And even if I kept him on my bench all year and he didn't play a game, I could consider keeping him for next year because he's, what, 22, 23 years old and maybe debatably the best wide receiver in the league. What's your thoughts, Trevor?
0: Uh, at this point, one, I agree with Josh Gordon, especially if you're a keeper league, and then you don't know. For all you know, you may end up actually getting him for the last eight games of the season. And if anything showed us last year, you don't. Need, he doesn't need to come in right at the beginning of the year to blow up your bench. Is uh, you've got a lot of uh, lottery tickets there. You got a boomer bust. I mean, with rookies like Watkins and and obviously Josh Gordon and and Darren McFadden, you've got a lot of uh, big. Low risk, big reward on your bench. I'm not big on Chris Johnson, though. I like Reggie Bush, I, I mean, despite the, the Bell situation. I do like Reggie Bush, and I do like Greg Olson as well. He's one of those guys that me and Doster have argued about over the last couple of weeks. Doster's on the fence side of, I want Jimmy Graham, I want Julius Thomas, I want Gronkowski. I'm on the other side of the fence where if I don't get and have to reach for a Jimmy Graham in my first round or two, which you probably would have to do, I'm satisfied taking a Jordan Reed or a Greg Olson in like the 10th or 11th rounds later on and getting better talent in my other position. So I do like Greg Olson there.
1: Yeah, that's what I did. I uh,
0: Who's your other quarterback? I only heard Tony. Did I hear only Tony Romo?
1: Oh, he's my only quarterback right now. That's your
0: only quarterback?
1: That's my only quarterback. And I waited <laughs> to get, which, you know, you can only play one at a time anyways. So. Yeah,
0: but unfortunately Tony Romo sometimes only plays, he's questionable every week. I mean, you've got to. You might want to have a second backup quarterback. Where's Teddy Bridgewater at? Why don't you draft oh, Teddy? A,
1: uh, Bridgewater was drafted. It's I'm a league full of fans who are naive and and took him. Uh, if I need to pick up a quarterback, there's still plenty of options on on waivers right now that I I would feel comfortable with on any given week. Uh, Andy Dalton's there. Oh, that's he, fine. Can, give, given the matchup, he could be good. Eli Manning's there. He's he can be a decent fantasy quarterback uh, from time to time, and uh, the list goes on and on. So if I if I get in a pinch and have to pick up a quarterback, I'll be fine. But I think as long as Tony Romo's healthy, I think I'll be – he he won't be the reason I lose fantasy games. As, as long much as, as he's I hate no- him, he's
0: actually not a bad – because that team's going to have to probably throw the ball a lot, especially with the fact the defense blows as bad as it does. So they're going to end up trying to throw the ball and putting up points. So Tony Romo's actually not a bad fantasy quarterback. I would never have him. He's the only Cowboy I still refuse to put on my team. But uh, <laughs> it's it's not a bad – it's actually not a bad as much fun as I like to make fun of it of.
1: So it doesn't. So what do you what do you think of Ty Hilton? He's not he's four. I like, far I like from
0: Ty. Uh, I don't know how much of a uh, he's an explosive PPR guy because he's more of a big play, touchdown guy as opposed to getting like uh, Greg Olson who caught seventy five passes last year. You're not going to get as many PPR points from him as you would some other guys or Wes Welker, for example. But I like Ty Hilton. I, I do. I think he, if he can stay consistent, that's a your your team's a lot of you, you can really boom with some of your guys, but you have some consistency issues with a lot of your players. That's the that's the only problem I have to critique your team because you have Chris Johnson who you have consistency, consistency issues with. Your entire bench kind of have that as well as Reggie Bush. So if your guys gel, you could be a pretty good team, but you're going to have some of those weeks where you're going to go, oh, man, I mean, is he going to play this week? Is this the week he doesn't do it? You know, you know what I mean?
1: Well, you never know about injuries for sure, but I was True. actually on the other side of the fence. I, I thought I had a pretty consistent team for the most part. Tony Romo, again, he might not ever – Put up huge numbers, but he, he very rarely has ever had a dud as long as I've been monitoring him on fantasy football. Wes Welker is the most sure thing when it comes to fantasy football in the world. Marshawn Lynch, again, not the best PPR back, but just a, he's almost good for a touchdown a game at just – a real bruiser, you, you like to have him. Reggie Bush and their offense is going to get catches. He's going to get yards. He might, again, he, you worry about getting hurt. You worry about him getting healthy. And even if it is a running back by committee there, there's enough passes to go around where they're going to put up points. Uh, Greg Olson, I guess, maybe isn't a, a super consistent tight end, but you never know. And then I agree with you on Chris Johnson. Uh, Sammy Watkins, we'll have to see. Jared Boykin, we don't know how involved he's going to be. Uh, Darren McFadden it seems like he's the number two behind Maurice Jones Drew and then Josh Gordon of course is out so I agree with you on some are kind of are going to be hit or miss but I I feel like my core of my team is going to be consistent enough where I don't have to worry about duds across the board Uh, and and again I'm if I don't all you got to do we all know how fantasy football works all you got to do is get to the playoffs and have a healthy team and then you go from there. How often does the best team every year win fantasy? It's not, it's, I would say maybe 50% and that might be generous. So I might not have the best team in the league, but I I think I for sure have a playoff team and I think it's a consistent team, Trevor, a a team that's uh, going to make some noise. But I, I, Again, Chris Johnson's not too far removed from an unbelievable year. I know Ivory's in New in New York, but it's kind of a new offense. It's a fresh start. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe he can he can be maybe comeback player of the year, uh, looking to kind of relive some of his glory days at Tennessee.
0: And don't forget Blau Powell and his his 2.9 yards per carry uh, average up there in New York as well as the former Louisville Cardinal. What what did you do last year in the league? Did you win it or did you come in? What place? Did
1: I, you- I I kind of had a actually it was a really, I'm talking about consistency. I was very inconsistent and and we give money back each week for whoever has the most points. Mm -hmm. And I won points three weeks, um, which was second most uh, tied for second most out of anybody, but I finished six in the regular season and lost in the first round of the playoffs, had a really bad week that game. And uh, all you got to do is win the first round of the playoffs. It's an 18 playoff. And then at that point, you're playing for money regardless. Even if you lose your second-round game, you can win uh, the third-place game and get money. So all you got to do is win the first week of the playoffs, and then you just got to find a way to win one more, and you're going to get money somehow. So I, I finished sixth place. Again, I had set my team with some of the one of the best teams. Some weeks, some weeks it was terrible. Um, it was just a pretty average year, and I feel that I should improve on that just a little bit.
0: I want to know what you're. You kept West. Uh, keeping Marshawn Lynch was a no-brainer. That I didn't take. You could have been on a in a coma and, and figured that one out. But Wes Welker. I mean, who did you have aside from him? Because I'm not. I'm not big on West Welker, especially with the additions of Emmanuel Sanders and, and as well as second-round pick Cody Latimer from Indiana and, and Denver's offense.
1: No, I. I West. Welker, you can't be concerned with West Welker as well, long as he's thirty-three healthy.
0: years old and and and, fall, and fading a little bit. As I long
1: mean, as he's healthy and you've got maybe one of the better wide receivers uh, at least one of the better wide uh, certainly one of the better fantasy wide receivers across from him it's going to open up things for him and and you and you talk and you lost decker too so uh, i i feel that he'll be fine mother i i didn't really have any good keepers looking at my last year's ro- roster i had no sha moreno who did really well last year no. but i don't see him doing that this year being in miami now And then I had Pierre Thomas, who I also think is going to have a good year. But, again, I couldn't keep him over Wes Welker. So, I didn't have the best set of keepers uh, going into this upcoming year. Like I said, not the best, not the worst, but somewhere in the middle. And I I was okay with Wes Welker. you realize Greg
0: Olson had just as good of numbers as Wes Welker did last year?
1: Not – well, he didn't put up as many points in our our league last year. Olson
0: had 75 catches for just under 800 yards and six touchdowns last year. Welker had 73 catches for 778 yards and 10 touchdowns.
1: I know. I'm looking at the numbers right here. And Wes Walker put up 210 points in our league last year. Greg Olson put up 190. So not too far apart. And Wes Walker did miss some games last year as well. You have to uh, remember.
0: Yeah, he did. Well, three. Well, <laughs> he like 13 of 16.
1: Well, 13 or three <laughs> games is, you got to imagine, 15 points a game. That could be That's true, 45 yeah. points. I don't but, know.
0: I just, you, think I would, you think I would be a Welker fan knowing his uh, reputation here in Louisville during derby time, but I don't know. For some reason, I've just never been a big Welker supporter, at least going into this season maybe. I, I just feel like he's maybe ready to hit that. Football players don't usually slowly decline like other sports. They fall off the cliff and disappear more, more often than not, and I just have a feeling this maybe that year you see him do that.
1: I, I hope not. I, and I, for your this sake, be, I hope not. I think this is the third cycle. This will be the third season I've had. West Walker and Marshawn Lynch. I've kept them year after year, and so far, so good with them. Uh, they they haven't really disappointed me uh, for the most part. But again, I uh, many need titles Wes have you won with them? Uh, with m- Marshawn Lynch, maybe one. Okay. I've only got one title in the league. Uh, uh, but the but the all, the most anybody has is two, and I think one only one person has two. So it's been a pretty um, competitive league across the board, but uh, we'll we'll talk more fantasy here in this last segment. We need to go to a break so we can get our guest on, Alice, Alex Alex uh from CatsIllustrated.com. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Out of my cage and I've been doing just
0: You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450, the Sports Buzz. And we're back
1: here, second segment, Sports Talker, 1450, the Sports Buzz. Uh, muggy, overcast Monday here in Louisville. Not the best weather day, but again, no complaints. It's been pretty good this summer. Uh, let's waste no time it, we went long in the first segment so let's waste no time getting to my newest coworker, alex forkner catsilliterated.com alex how are you
2: hey man how's it going i'm doing well today how are you
1: i'm doing well as well here uh, just working as you know I'm, i know you've probably been doing more work than i have having to go to UK's football practice, I guess getting to go to that. That's actually a, a kind of nice luxury that UK football is allowing media to do this year. But I know you've been working hard, uh, getting some stories up and doing a little this and a little of that. But uh, this is your first time on the radio show. You uh, replaced Aaron Smith, who went on to go study law or something like that down south. I, yeah. I wasn't
2: really- yeah, something <laughs> important like that. I don't know.
1: I wasn't paying attention when he told me, but he's down there, and you're now working with us at Cats Illustrated. How have you liked it so far? Again, uh, our boss Brett Dawson is not listening, I'm sure, uh, so you can say whatever
2: you want. Man, it's almost like a dream job to be honest with you. It's something I remember when I was coming through high school. I was thinking about you know that age-old question, what the heck am I going to do with my life? And you know, covering college sports was always something I wanted to do to cover. Kentucky sports would be like well, something that was beyond my wildest dream, and here I am doing it. So it's been great.
1: Uh, good, uh, and we're glad to have you. Your your work speaks for itself, and you're going to do great things on our website. And, uh, and the subscribers have already taken a liking to you. And uh, at some point, you'll realize that uh, you you. You worked for the Colonel in college, and you know what it's mm-hmm. like to have to deal with a job and school. And eventually you're just going to realize that now you're just focusing on a job and you don't have school, and it, it gives you a little more free time. Again, you're, you're doing more work, uh, and, and you're going to absolutely love it. It's uh, it's one of the best jobs, I think, probably in the world. But anyways, let, let's, let's talk while we have – we brought you on here for a reason. That's to talk UK football. What was your initial reaction when you heard that Patrick Tolles was named the starter today via Mark Stoops' Twitter account?
2: Well, I was actually driving on my way to the practice field, and I got a Twitter notification that he had tweeted it. And, you know, I wasn't really surprised. I always thought he was going to be the front runner ever since starting the spring game. And, I mean, it was really up to Phillips and Barker to close that gap. And, I mean, I guess they just didn't manage to do it. I think if they had waited a little bit longer, then maybe Barker could have closed the gap a little bit more, made it a little bit more interesting. But uh, the coaches seemed ready to make the decision, pull the trigger, and Tolls was their guy. So I guess we'll go forward with him now.
1: Well, let's go even further back. At the end of last season, uh, UK loses to Tennessee. The quarterback play all year was questionable. Uh, what if I would have told you then that Patrick Tolles would be under center to start the 2014 year? Would you have thought that Kentucky was starting off the year on the wrong foot or something bad must have happened to some of the other guys? Or what would have been your mindset if I had told you that back last fall?
2: Uh, It would have been a little bit surprising. I mean, because back then, you know, you were thinking Jalen Whitlow was still going to be on the team and then he transferred out to Eastern Illinois, I guess it was. And uh, so, I mean, that's, it's kind of surprising if you are looking at it from that perspective because you think he had to redshirt last year because he couldn't beat out uh, Jalen Whitlow and Max Smith. So, he, I mean, he's off, awfully improved by now. If that, I mean, if that's the guy they feel comfortable with, then he must have improved quite a bit in that redshirt season.
1: Yeah, I think a year when you can kind of step away from having to prepare against other SEC defenses and kind of just take a step back and and look at the big picture and just work on your mechanics, work on the things the coaches want you to work on for a year. I think that can play a a big role in your development as a quarterback. And I think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I think that's what UK's coaches are trying to do now with Drew Barker is to give him this year to develop, learn things from the outside instead of being thrown into the fire. And ideally – he doesn't have to play this year with this announcement, correct?
2: Um, that that would be the conventional thinking, you know. I mean, if he's not the starter, then why uh burn a year of eligibility as a backup where he may get some mop up duty at the end of some of those non conference games that UK should win. Um, I mean you'd think they haven't named a backup. Uh Stoops was was kinda like joking, like saying, Hey, give me a break, we named a starter, give me some time to name a backup now, but um I mean, I'm sure, I would put it 95% sure that Phillips is going to be the backup with Barker. I mean, potentially redshirting, I mean, you know, football's football injuries happen, so I mean, he could potentially see time this year, but I think for the future of the program, redshirting Barker would probably be the right move.
1: I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think that would be ideal because moving forward, if things work out with Tolls, then you're still going to get a few more seasons with him. And, and then you would have Drew Barker maybe starting his junior year, his redshirt junior year. And that's how mm-hmm. most, most big-time big SEC programs work in that transitional period. And you wouldn't have a drop-off like Kentucky has seen since really – uh, heartline, but mm-hmm. maybe you know some people could even go back to Andre Woodson if, if you wanted to. But uh, l- let me ask you this about the open practices and what you've been able to see:
2: mm-hmm.
1: H- has has Patrick Toll stood out to you at all? Has he made throws that you thought to yourself, "Oh, he he couldn't have made that last year. He couldn't have made that throw two years ago." And has he definitely, in your opinion, again, I, I get to, I know these open practices are short; you don't get to see a mm-hmm. ton. But has he looked better than? the other two guys and Maxwell Smith when he's been going at it. Has he looked better to you?
2: Um, I mean, he's always had that big arm. He's always had a lot of arm strength Can really put a lot of zip on the ball. Um, He wasn't as accurate as he needed to be a year or two ago. Um, And so far this year, what I've seen, he's been the one that's impressed me most. Um, uh, He had some issues throwing some deep balls in some of the practice I've seen. One – I mean, it just left his hand funny, and it was just an absolute duck. But, I mean, today was actually the sharpest I've seen him. he I don't know if just hearing the news, getting the news that he is now the number one guy, maybe that took a load off his mind or something, but he was—he threw some a great deep ball to DeMarco to Robinson down the left sideline at one point today, uh, threw a, just an absolute laser to uh, Rashad Cunningham over the middle on a post route, right where it needed to be. And I mean, he was really pinpoint with his accuracy today, more so than I've seen him in fall camp and really his whole career at UK. So um and I mean Neil Brown said that he's been the one that's made the plays in the live scrimmage situations and that's why he got the job. So I mean, I think he's improved quite a bit. Whether that really translates during the games this season, we'll we'll see.
1: It's no secret that Neil Brown likes to run a fast offense and again we're talking with Alex Fortner catsillustrated.com he wants things to be fast he wants them to be up tempo he wants to catch defenses on their toes Uh, wasn't able to do that as much last year as he would have liked to have done Mm -hmm. Uh, are you seeing that tempo in practice now and are you seeing Patrick Tolles be able to lead the offense and get them up to the line of scrimmage and and running plays as quickly as possible
2: they do work on tempo offense quite a bit Um, they have like a period that is just all tempo it's against air um, and they move the ball down the field and, you know, all the offensive linemen are running up. Um, Tolls is really vocal during those times, so he's he's yelling out signals to the offensive line. He's getting guys lined up. Um, he seems to, like, have the tools, the, the mindset to really push the pace like Brown wants. Um, the big part of that, though, is if they can make plays on first down. You know, last year, so many drop passes on first down, so many busted plays on first down. Really, just put them behind the chains and kind of screwed up any momentum they were trying to get. So, it won't all, it won't, all the focus won't be on tolls. I mean, other guys need to make plays to make that tempo happen. But I think, I think he's, because they, the quarterback, uh, sorry, the uh, offensive coordinator, Neil Brown, said that they were going to look at everything. They want to see the guy who can run the tempo they want. So, I mean, Tolls must be that guy
1: yeah I, I think so uh, and I read the transcripts from today's interviews with Neil Brown and Stoops and and I think some of the defensive players spoke but what was the vibe around practice with the players with the coaches? I know that they're not going to I would be surprised if they didn't seem anything but optimistic talking about tolls being mm-hmm, the starter mm-hmm. but this this is your opinion and this is um you know very subjective but what did you get the feel that Stoops and Neil Brown were we're thrilled to make this announcement today. That they're excited, that they're looking forward to it, and they can think Patrick Tolles can do a good job. Or do you think that they maybe that Patrick Tolles maybe just kind of fell into the starting position, and, and Drew Barker wasn't quite ready, and Reese Phillips was never really when he committed to UK, never really thought would ever thought to have been the starter at Kentucky. Do you feel that mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Tolles won the job? I know Stoops said that he did, uh, but yeah. reading between the lines, how what what did you take from their comments?
2: Um, I mean, at this point, um, I mean, they have always reiterated over and over again that any of the quarterbacks that they threw out there this season, they were going to be more improved um, than they were last year. But I think Stoops seemed pretty genuinely happy to name a guy. He was the one that got to deliver the news to Tolls and he seemed like he was pretty happy to have it over with and to just move forward with the guy. Neil Brown seemed he just seemed kind of exhausted with the whole process. He, I think he is just so sick of talking about quarterbacks. He just wants to focus on getting better as an offense. And, but, um, I mean, I think any of the guys really could have won the job. Um, if it had gone on a little longer, if they had waited a little bit, not made the decision today after watching film of the spring game, all the fall camp, the scrimmage they had on Saturday. Um, I think Barker could have crept into it, and um, I mean, I'm not saying that maybe the coaches would have been more exciting, more excited over having Barker. Um, but I mean, it's hard to say. They, I mean, they're obviously very good at hedging and you know all that coach speak and stuff. Um, but they say that uh, Toll's leash is a long one. I mean, Brown kept saying he's our starter for UT Martin, that had some of us thinking like, well, maybe if he's a starter for UT Martin, something he doesn't come out so hot or something maybe it opens it back up but he he came out and reiterated that he has a long leash and that's their guy for this season so I mean I think uh, I wouldn't say they're overly excited like just through the roof like 100% but I mean I think they're all pretty relieved just to have it over with
1: Yeah, I think if they were overly excited through the roof, you would have heard this announcement weeks, maybe months before today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was obviously a a good competition, uh, needless to say. Last question before we let you head out of here, and as always, Alex, uh, well not as always, but as always, heading forward because you're going to be, I'm going to try to get you on the show as much as possible. But uh, it's been a pleasure being able to talk to you. But at CatsIllustrated.com, we are counting down the top 25. Uh, most important players for UK heading mm-hmm. into this season, and the stories have been free that we've been doing them uh, for the I think a player a day. So the last two or three weeks, we're down mm-hmm. to number five right now. Uh, and so far, unless I had missed it, uh, Patrick Tolles is not on the list. Uh, where right. uh, he could be in the top five? Where would you put mm-hmm. him if you you didn't have a vote in this ranking because we started it before you were officially on staff? So where, right. where, now that Patrick Tools is a starter, does he rank among the most important players for UK this upcoming season?
2: Um, you know, if you're running an air-raid offense, you the quarterback that's putting it in the air has got to be awfully important. So um, I would maybe put him number one, you know, because last year the quarterback situation was always in flux, always up in the air always a point of frustration for the coaches, the fans, even the quarterbacks themselves. I mean they wanted to perform better. Um so a lot of a lot of eyes are gonna be on Patrick Tolles this season and uh I mean he's gonna face some pressure. Um I think he has the tools to you know flourish in this offense. But I mean like Stoops always says, you know, you gotta make plays around the quarterback, it's not all one guy. But he is the one that keys everything. So, I mean, the, he's the one player on the field that is going to have the ball in his, the ball in his hands every play. So, I mean, yeah. I would probably, I'd probably put him number one, most important player on the team this season.
1: Yeah, I think he's definitely without question in the top three. But thank you so much, Alex, for joining us. You're doing a great job so far. I look forward to seeing uh, all your coverage throughout the season. And, and again, welcome aboard to Cats Illustrated. And I appreciate you hopping on with
2: us. All right. Thanks for having me, TJ. Have a good one. You
1: too. Again, Alex Forkner, com. I, I don't know if I would necessarily put Patrick Tolles number one. I would have him top three. I think I'd go one, two in any order. Bud Dupree is Darius Smith because they're expected to make such an impact and be such a big part of Kentucky's team this year where Patrick Tolles isn't maybe going to be asked to win games, but instead manage games. Uh, Bud Dupree and Zadari Smith, maybe not asked to win games, but do so many things that are going to put UK in a big position to win. If they don't live up to the hype, those two defensive ends, then Kentucky's defense, I think, is going to crumble and have a much tougher time stopping opponents. So it kind of starts with them. So I'd go them one, two, and then, and then tolls probably number three. But a great insight from Alex. We're going to head to our last commercial break. When we come back, uh, we've got – just you're going to want to be back for this last last segment here on uh, the sports talker on 1450, the sports buzz. So uh, just a few minutes, stick around.
0: Listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz.
1: And back here, last final segment, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Wanted to share this video with you all listening. Uh, It's a Louisville fan at Saturday's open practice or scrimmage or whatever they had at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Trevor, will you play the clip, please?
3: Well, Brian, that's a good question, and I got to be 100% honest with you and completely unbiased when I say I'm not in the least bit scared or intimidated or petrified of playing the Kentucky Wildcats. But let me build on that and tell you I am sick and tired of all these Cats fans out there acting so darn optimistical, sitting here saying things like, oh, we got a whole new coaching staff. We got a great recruiting class. We got stoop. We got stoop. i tell you what, you're right. You got stupidity. That's what you got is stupidity. If you think you got a chance better than pigs flying of beating the Louisville Cardinals and Mr. Bobby Petrino, because I tell you what, Cat Nation, we ain't just sitting here playing for no fancy trophy cup that belongs to the governor. No! We're playing for plane tickets to Pasadena! Get on the train, or get out the what? That's all I've got to say, Brian. Thank you, thank you. Go Cards, go Cards. Okay, go for it. Uh, Well, I consider him a family member. I consider all y'all family members. We're one giant University of Louisville family, and it's good to have our daddy back. He's back in the house, and he's leading this family, and we're going to do big things, Brian. We're going to do big things. One question, Bobby, will you marry me? (laughs) With all honesty, I'm here to stay, brother. It's the best year of my life. That's all i got time for. Thank you very much.
1: And, of course, that clip comes from a Louisville fan at Louisville's practice and says that Kentucky fans are being too optimistical. Let me first start by saying this. I know with 100% certainty, because I know the person that that is in that clip, it is a complete joke. They are joking while doing it. He's done a couple interviews on news stations. I don't know why news stations keep going back to him. Uh, well, maybe because it's hilarious. But it is a 100% complete joke uh, that the guy in that clip um, is a Louisville fan. He went to St. X. He graduated around the same time I did. I wouldn't say that we are friends, but he's certainly good friends with some of my friends. So it is a joke. UK fans are going to jump on that and make fun of it, which is – and I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but they need to know that it is, it is, it is a joke, um, but still just a hilarious, hilarious clip. I mean, even joking, that's funny. It's just uh, very well done. It was, almost looked like it was practiced, like he had that stuff to say optimistical and then stoops. <laughs> you all do have stoops. You have stupidity. Uh, a funny clip. That was my favorite
0: I, line, by the way, TJ. I, started, I watched this raw, like, are going into it, and I just laughed when he said the stupidity line. I thought that was hilarious.
1: It, well, it was <laughs> great. But I, I do want everybody on both sides to know that it is a joke. It's going to take off. It's going to be on a bunch of other websites. Um, it might even get on some national sites. But people need to know that it is a joke. But it is hilarious. Uh, so good stuff there. I just wanted to share that with you all. I had actually seen that I had, was sent to one of my friends Saturday while we were doing the draft and we had a good laugh about it and then just now today it's starting to make its waves around uh, different websites and all that good stuff. But uh, <laughs> just uh, there's just too many funny parts about it. Uh, the kind of weird when he called, even if a joke, calling <laughs> Bobby Petrino uh, the daddy of the family. But Needless to say, I don't like was, the
0: fact if it gets picked up nationally that he's not wearing a shirt. It's gonna, I can't help the stereotype of Kentucky in general, whether it be Little War UK.
1: And, uh, you're right, and actually, I don't know if the not wearing a shirt was a joke or not. Um, so maybe that stereotype's well deserved, but uh, anyways, I just wanted to get that out there before everybody else, um, before everybody else heard. And, and Trevor, for your show later today, feel free to use that. Uh, great! Just a great soundbite altogether. We're
0: playing for Pasadena, TJ.
1: <laughs> you are, you are not the governor's trophy. But anyways, uh, the good, good stuff there. Um, uh, good talk. Uh, good. This is a good football show. A lot of people sometimes say I don't talk enough football. Uh, nothing but football today. And I was kind of going into today thinking I was going to talk about the end of the Bahamas trip. So I might have to wait till tomorrow to do that. Uh, a tweet into the show today. Was from Rob Blackock, who's a uh, a daily listener. He asked, he wanted to know the the reaction to my fantasy football draft again, which was um, filled with a lot of everybody was had a few beers in them, some a lot more than others. He wanted to know the reaction when one of our members drafted Johnny Football, and, and it was a uh, the guy who drafted him finishes last or near last every year we have we have a manager ranking system based on how you do each year i I think i'm it it takes into account every player who's ever played in our fantasy league and we've had a bunch we've had 21 over 10 years and uh, some of the popular names that would stick out to you trevor and to louisville fans listening vic anderson has played in the league one year will stein was in the league for a few years um we had Chase Guerrero who, who plays in Major League Lacrosse and uh, from Saint X and, and played college in Denver. Any in the league, Eddie
0: Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero.
1: No, uh, I'm not sure. Okay,
0: but some some star
1: power in this league. Uh, but the guy who drafted Johnny Manziel finishes last almost every year. He's been in the league probably seven of the ten years. And when he drafted him, he wasn't trying to be cute. He wasn't trying to be funny. He almost seemed defeated when he said he was drafting Johnny Manziel. A lot of people didn't know if he was being serious or joking. It was in the later rounds and he, but he was being, he was being very serious when he drafted him. Johnny Manziel, of course, I don't, I, I, why not draft him late in, late in that round. You don't know if he's going to start. You will. I think we find out tomorrow who's going to be the opening day starter for the Cleveland Browns. So we'll find that out tomorrow. His other quarterback is Tom Brady. So he's got Tom Brady and Johnny Menzel's his backup. So I doubt Johnny Menzel would be playing over Tom Brady anyways. But again, nobody really thought Cam Newton would have the year, the rookie year that he had. So it, it could work out in the long run. But Rob Blackhawk wanted to know their reaction to the room. I want to see the
0: Sports Nation maps that show the average draft round for Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota and Kentucky opposed to the rest of the country. Yeah, That's I bet what it's I great. See.
1: <laughs> one of, supposedly, one of my friends – plays in a keeper league with their family and they're a bunch of Louisville fans. And last year, uh, Teddy Bridgewater was drafted and kept heading into this year. So he was drafted when he was still in college. So basically they drafted the rights to Teddy Bridgewater, the Larry Bug rule, had him when he was still in college. Uh, just kind of a, it could work out in the long run, but again, kind of kind of silly to do that anyways, but why not? That's what the Celtics uh, on...
0: did. They took Larry Burr with the sixth pick his senior year in college and held on to him for a year. Did they? Yeah. and uh, I,
1: didn't, Bashan, I didn't know that. But Sean
0: Leonard's the only other player I believe that's had that done to. He was taken in the uh, second round of year, his senior year and held on to by, I think I want to say Miami, and then they got rid of it after that. They don't allow it anymore.
1: Huh. Interesting. I had not known that. That's uh... – Oh, you learn something every day, but we're running out of time. We'll learn some more stuff tomorrow here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you then.